Hello and welcome to the Mindset Money Success podcast and I'm your host Lorraine Marshall and today I am talking about mindset and opportunities. When I was quite a bit younger, uh, a stay-at-home mum, I wanted to find myself some part-time work as my daughters were then teenagers and were at school and I really wanted to work um, my own job, basically. I'd been out of like the employed market for a long time. I had done some volunteer work and I had enjoyed the volunteer work and I had started to study with Open University and the study and the volunteer work was all expanding my mind, basically. Um, so I started to look around at maybe what sort of jobs could I do. Now I'd been a, a sales assistant and I'd been in retail, but I didn't really like it. And I just was basically pushed from post to post to post. And I didn't uh, like that experience and uh, left that quite demoralized, basically. So when I was looking for this new um, opportunity, basically, to be employed um, and to have some purpose, I saw a little advertisement that was looking for someone to work as a project fundraiser in a youth and community organization where I lived. And so I had done a little bit of volunteer work. And so at that point, because I had done some volunteer work for another youth and community organisation where I'd been uh, looking at how we could fundraise, I decided to apply. Now, at that point of applying for that position, uh, I hadn't had any massive success at raising funds. And so I was going into an interview uh, situation for this position. And I got that job. And I started that job. And while I was doing the job, I was researching how to do the job because I had no idea on what I should be doing. Luckily, at the same time, I was... Um, basically learning new skills. I was learning new skills at a, the university that had opened its campus and had computing. And so I'd, I'd gone there to Rochester to do like night classes in computing, learn Microsoft Office, uh, access database, spreadsheets, all of these things, right? I was learning at night school. So, I started this job and it was only six hours a week. Or was it ten? I can't remember. Anyway, um, ten hours a week for six pounds an hour. And when I started that job, I remember telling the manager at the time that I won't be able to take the full pay because at that time 
uh, I was still registered as a carer. My youngest daughter, who was still at school and had a learning disability, but also had um, a disability allowance, which meant that I was registered as her carer full time. And so the benefit overlap on that meant if I worked for £60 a week, I would lose more benefit. And so I had to inform this manager that it would be better to pay me £59 a week than pay 60 And that was where I started that job. And from the learning experience and the skills I was putting into that job because the computing skills, uh, word processing, the, the um, spreadsheet stuff that I was learning helped me to write really short, concise um, letters to fundraisers that included the figures within a couple of pages of letters. So it was the letter and the figures all included. Um, because I was learning these new computing skills, quite a lot of the applications that were going in were successful. And so it was great for the organisation that I was working for um, because they were receiving these trust funds and um, <laughs> the applications were being approved. So even though I had no idea when I went in, it didn't stop me from doing that job. I just did it anyway. And that's an example of how you don't need to know how to do a thing, right? If you've got an idea that okay, you can start and then just move through. Nobody knows at the beginning of how to do a thing. Everyone has to start somewhere and that was where I started. Now, the next opportunity, big opportunity that I had, because I've had a lot of failures in my life as well, I've been bullied in jobs uh, I've been bullied in employment. Uh, I walked out of the door so many times because I just didn't like the atmosphere uh, where I couldn't even work uh, in the office environment because of the atmosphere there. Um, so my next opportunity was with my partner of that time in 2005. He was working for a young student uh, who was doing a rental, student rental business and he was working for this student um, repair, doing repairs to the properties. Um, eventually the student disappeared and so did a lot of the money that he collected in rent and so there was a lot of irate uh, landlords in the area because they hadn't got paid their rent and there was a lot of students that lost a lot of money as well. Um, so at that point in time, my partner had decided that he 
and me could start a student rentals business. Now, he had no idea about student rentals and I had no idea about student rentals, but he talked to two landlords who had five properties between them and basically our business was then formed um, in the middle of June of 2005. And um, it wasn't easy because we were doing everything ourselves. We couldn't pay for employees or anything. I mean, we just starting out and it wasn't earning a lot of money. Uh, when you're, you're doing rentals and you haven't a clue where you're starting off, for a start, the students had all gone home and we had five properties that we needed to, to clean, refurbish, decorate um, and find new tenants. Uh, and then there was all the other things that had to be done as well, like contracts and things like that. Um, and so even though I didn't have any idea and he didn't ever have any idea, it didn't stop us because we did it anyway. There was one time that um, I'd gone to the bank um, and I'd asked them, can, can I open a business account? I'm, I'm starting this business and I need to open a business account. And at that point, I had um, a, a bad credit record. And so the bank manager looked at my credit record and said, no, we can't open you a business account. But that didn't stop us. That didn't stop me because I just went away and continued doing what I was doing uh, with the business. And at the time, I also was in employment. I luckily had gone from walking out of one job at about 13000 um, a year to another job which I had applied for while I was working, <laughs> luckily. Uh, and I think within a week or two weeks of walking out of one job at 13000 a year, this other job came in and said, yeah, you've got the job. And it was in European funding. And so it was, it was 22000 a year. And so I jumped my salary from 13000 to 22000 had no clue, just basically happened. So I was working and we were starting a business at the same time. So we weren't sort of struggling with money right then. And so basically when that happened, um, I remember buying into books and training and courses from property investors so that I could basically get some knowledge behind uh, the business and find the contracts that we needed and put things in place while still working a full-time job. And I remember sitting down and thinking, right, okay, what do we want to achieve with this? And so I wrote on a piece of paper, I want to double the income in the first three months and double that income again in the next three months. So that I was looking that I would double it in three months 
and double again. In, so in six months' time, I would have three times that amount uh, or thereabouts. So basically, that's what happened. Now, don't ask me how. I have no idea because all I did was work through the day, come back home, uh, and we'd go out and we would go rent the properties and we'd collect the rent and then we'd set up the systems and pay the owners, the, the landlords, and one by one, bit by bit, we attracted new um, owners and properties uh, and just it just built without a lot of marketing. We didn't really do a lot of marketing for that. We basically um, printed we got printed some free business cards, which had on the website, which I'd created and the business name and my partner at the time uh, just stood on the corner of the street as the students walked past and handed out these little business cards to the students in order to let them know that we had properties that they could look at um, and rent rooms from. And that's how we got started in that business. Unfortunately, um, 18 months after we started that business, my partner um, died very suddenly of a heart attack. And I carried on that business until 2016. And that was at the point when I had moved um, to Spain. Actually then decided that the distance from where I was living and where my business was, was too great to carry on. And I didn't see how I could expand the business while I was in a different country. So I decided that would be better to actually just sell. And that's what I did. Now, um, my experience of Spain uh, was that I started to feel at home. I felt that um, Spain was where I wanted to be. And so very quickly, I was wanting to remain here and not travel backwards and forwards, being in Spain, then go back to the UK and then come back to Spain. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to remain here. And very quickly, I built up a lot of connections uh, and started to go out and I started to feel happy, uh, enjoy myself and, and, you know, have a good time. Uh, unfortunately, um, my partner at that time, whose house, uh, he bought the house in 2015. Um, and basically two years after purchasing the house in late in 2017, he decided to confess that he'd met with a woman uh, just four weeks before in the November of 2017. Now that revelation, that confession that he told me then caused me a massive trauma. And I didn't really understand why he was wanting to tell me this. And uh, not until after the relationship had broken down. Because when the relationship ended completely in 2020 was when I understood what the confession was all about. Because 
I have always been an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to do things to make money. I've got a lot of experience with digital things and online. And so I was wanting to expand and do, go into digital marketing and, and have an online business. I'd sold my UK business. So that's what I was wanting to do. And so I tried many things. I went into one uh, program. I did Amazon FBA. I was looking at drop shipping. I was looking at lots of different things, right? Uh, and I picked a couple of things uh, and tried tried them, but basically didn't get very far. But in 2017, I invested a lot of money. I, I gathered up a lot of my uh, money from credit cards and my savings and things, and I plowed it into an investment to learn digital marketing. And at that point in time, that I think was the one of the biggest reasons why he confessed to this woman in the UK to basically knock me off course because he didn't want me to work an online business or to maybe earn more than him. Um, this was a repeated pattern from 2014 because I was in a network of property investors. I was learning new skills from property investors while I had my business. I was looking at adding in new property um, sourcing and things like that into the rental business that I had. I'd already diversified that rental business from students to have students, families and professional lets. And so adding in another dimension to that business would have maybe increased the income. But looking back, now I realise that he sabotaged a lot of my opportunities. Um, there's a point in 2014 where I was looking at software for my business to help with the marketing between the different things that I needed to do. And so I was going to go ahead with this based on what other uh, entrepreneurs and investors were doing. And I remember having a conversation. I was all excited about what I wanted to do. I had a conversation and then there was some, there must have been some altercation, whatever went on. And I got this email of uh, a fake apology, basically, and his explanation that I think he's just negative. And, and my explanation going back to him, which in my first sentence back to that email, when he was complaining about me rushing into making decisions and I should have asked him first and I, I, I should have, you know, gotten his permission and things like this. My first sentence back was, you sounded angry. So I'm guessing that he'd had this angry outburst when I was all excited about this proposition that I was going to increase my business. I was going to do this thing. And so he'd had this angry outburst. And now that I'm more educated about verbal abuse and control, controlling situations. When a man is raising his voice and shouting in anger, right? 
that's to close you down. It's to stop you from doing what he doesn't want you to do. And that's what happened. So in 2020, the relationship's completely over. And that was the 27th of August when he delivered his like full sentence um, termination speech, whatever you call it, four sentences. We sat down and I was going through my life experiences and I was telling him he was repeating the same patterns, the same mistakes that he's repeated in his past. Uh, and I also said that I was going to write my story. Now on that night of the 27th of August of 2020, I had no clue what that story would be. Um, it could have played out a lot of different ways because at that point, two days later, my partner goes into the office and starts to write out a financial proposal. Instead of sitting down face to face and actually talking to me and having a discussion about things, he goes off and writes the figures in a Dear Lorraine letter. And it's like, okay, he's uh, apologising for what he's done, but then it's not really apology, but he's setting out some figures. And I walk in to the office and he knows I'm going to go out somewhere and he wants to print off this letter. So I've got these figures before I leave the house and stop talking to people. Now, he was obviously a bit like emotionally immature. He sat there practically crying, please help me, please help me. I want to give you these figures as he couldn't print out the letter. So I just looked at him and said, look, send it in an email and I went out and that letter basically was a very confused letter because it had in that he was prepared to give me 50% of the value of the property he was going to sell it uh, he would help me with another property that I owned which was on a mortgage he wanted to help to pay 35000 off that, so I would have a secure income. And so it was all set out, but also there was things that weren't discussed because he then said, I know you, you've talked about moving on quickly, so if you want to leave straight away, then I'll rent you somewhere. I'm thinking, hold on a minute, I haven't said I wanted to leave, right? Um, and so he's then saying he would rent another house and I'm thinking, but it doesn't say in this letter how long he would rent the house for, how much the rent would be, you know. So there's like lots of gaps and a bit of confusion in the letter that he's written that hadn't been discussed. So I'm, I'm trying to process everything about this and... I started to think, okay, well, at least he's going to do the right thing and he's going to, you know, um, we're selling this house. So I actually arranged the um, estate agents for him. Uh, photographs are taken and everything. 
and we have the first viewing and after that first viewing uh, he gets a telephone call from the agent who had engaged and within a couple of minutes of him receiving that call he was then in the bedroom where I was sitting trying to keep out the, the way basically he was in that bedroom and he was in my face shouting at me that and swearing basically he was in control I do as he says and if I don't I could be thrown out on the streets and that was just three or four days after his deal rain letter with the 50% of the, the value of the house or the, the chance to rent a place for us or you know my mortgage paid off and so can you imagine how confused that made me because one minute I'm safe and secure then the next minute three days later I'm out on the streets and the reason why he came in and said that on the 4th of September was because the agent that I had engaged had said that I had said something negative to her clients now her client asked me a simple question about the motorway that runs down the side of this property uh, can you hear the motorway and I'm truthful so I said yes I can hear the motorway sometimes there's lorries that go down at six o'clock in the morning but I sleep with the windows open and I'm obviously a light sleeper because I'm awake at six o'clock in the morning as well and I can hear those lorries move down the motorway and so that was the truth but that was negative apparently um, so I shouldn't have said that and that caused the anger I shouldn't F with him because he's in control and if I don't do as he says then I'm out on the streets so the book that I actually wrote and published myself when I had no clue how to do it and I did it anyway I published my book which is called Post Separation Abuse Betrayal and Abandonment What Type of Man and it's been published and it's for sale on Amazon and digital bookstores and it's under my pen name Lorraine Keeling now Lorraine was what my father wanted my name to be basically because he wanted me named after Sophia Lorraine and Keeling uh, was my father's middle name and so that's where my pen name come from and um, I just want to say that basically if you've got an opportunity that comes forward I would say even if you don't know where to start or how to do it think about it and then you can you can decide if you want to do it anywhere like I did <laughs>